Howdy folks, welcome to Sketchy Conversations with John Melson IV. On today's episode, I'm chatting with Jenko Valier of band Virgil Umbra. We talk a bit about playing Vakan Open Air, his love for Bob Marley filmmaking, and growing up in Belize. Check it. How's it looking on your end? Yeah, pretty um, pretty decent, man. Um, with the situation, we're just, you know, trying to adapt. So, so I'm um, getting this, these, um, you know, like getting ready to try to stream live stuff, you know. Yeah. Good idea. I see a lot more bands do that actually, and I kind of, it makes sense. I'll put it that way. Mm-hmm. You know. So, so where, where are you from originally? Yeah, right here in Belize. Born and raised in Belize. So, what was it like growing yeah. up in Belize? Um, what's it like growing up in Belize? Um, pretty fun, fun, you know. Had fun as a kid. Um, I don't know, I'm not sure exactly what to point out as a kid, but yeah, definitely a lot of, of fun, a lot of fun as a kid. Um, yeah. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. yeah. All right. I've read that Bob Marley's an influence on you. So what'd you pick up from him? Inspiration influence wise. Um, the fact that he was, um, Rastafarian. I mean, uh, when I looked into, um, what Rastafarian was about, um, the one of the stuff that stood out to me was um, entrepreneurship, like um, like self-reliance and being your own, relying on yourself, you know. So, who are your other influences musically? Um, definitely, uh, Rage Against the Machine. Um, I really like um, Cypress Hill, um, for the fact that they um have this this vibe where like they're huge but they're not huge at the same time. I don't know if you understand where I'm coming from, but I think I do. They're like a underground underground mainstream type like a duality type of huge. <laughs> like his own culture and thing, right? Yes, exactly. Yes, you got it. Oh yeah. Okay. So how's COVID nineteen affected you? For me, as an introvert, not much. Um, I don't um, go out much. When I do go out, I go out with purpose. I go to either we're playing a show, I'm going out for, you know, food, finance, or fuel, mostly, you know? So, so not so much. All right, sounds about right. Same thing with me, actually. You know, I wasn't exactly out here running the streets and everything. Kind of like the, yeah. <laughs> kind of like the state of myself and everything, you know. It's just like a, yeah, I might pop out, you know, just kind of like almost like a groundhog sees a shadow and whatnot. But aside from that, eh, it's too, yeah. it's too peopley out there, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I get you. Yeah, yeah. All right. So, how did a broken code come about? Uh, broken code. Okay. Um, before a broken code was six deep. And, um, you know, bands fall apart. Point blank period, bands fall apart. And I was still looking to um, to bring across, you know, my own song. So I um, uh, linked up with um, 
with these guys, with the guys from the from from a broken code. No, um, it, it's funny how um you ask like how did something that was like over over ten years ago started, and I'm just like in a current mind frame where I'm not thinking about that stuff anymore, really. But um, um, I put out um, I think I put out uh, Craigslist ads, and these are the guys that responded, or the guy that responded. Like let's say um, the guitar player um responded, um, he knew the drummer, or the bass player knew the drummer, so um, that automatically put like you know besides myself two more people in the band. Um, like Craigslist organic, I could say. <laughs> okay, I can see that. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, now in the future and in present, um, Virgil Umbro, right? So yeah. How did that come about? You know, is that like totally a new slate, or is that kind of like, you know, stuff you learned over time as he come to Virgil Umbro? Yeah. Um, I consider it. I consider Virgil Umbro my um my fifth time in the matrix <laughs> in the band in the forming a band matrix type of thing and um uh, we were all we were mostly all friends from college and i left to live in new york and over, i was over there and worked for a while and then i came back to belize visiting periodically and eventually i started staying longer and the guys here that I knew from college, um, we we spoke about you know starting a project, and yeah, Virgil Vombra ended up to be that project. Okay, so I would say, what is like um what drives the sound with Virgil Vombra? Because I hear you know a bit of a bit of reggae in there, definitely metal in there. You know, mm. it's like what drives the sound though. It's like I feel like I'm missing some other elements too that I probably just I didn't realize that were there. I see our, our influence is uh, drive the song really. Um, me from from even then in college days knowing those guys, um, I was I loved hip hop first, and then I got into 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 metal. Um, I w I remember um, borrowing and lending cassettes like. Um, I lended out like um, Seventh Son of a Seventh Son from Iron Maiden. Um, I remember borrowing uh, They Side. I remember, <laughs> you know, borrowing Onyx cassettes. You know, it's, it's, it was just a, a mix-up. But first love was for me was um, hip hop. And um, for the for Andres and Lowell, their their first love was um heavy metal you dig and it's from them I got these um the influences the the um like uh, I remember borrowing um what I'm just loaning me um cannibal corpse and and a whole bunch of other stuff I can't remember right now but like it's just a uh different song I remember like even um even um stuff you wouldn't find unless you dig dug deep into it. Um he lent, loaned me a cassette, um, excruciating pain. It's, <laughs> I don't know if you've heard of that band before. Not familiar. I'm just surprised yeah. you had trance into death metal. Also impressive. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. Um it's a lot of it's a lot of stuff. 
And um, so everybody in college um, delved into their separate uh, genres of music that they loved. Um, Nello, who at the time he um, became a, a reggae artist, and when we linked back up, so imagine that. So Nello came with the reggae part of it. I was the hip hop head, influenced by metal, and then you were you had the diehard um, metal fans of Andres Lowell, and at that time the drummer was was um, Gerald. So we started our project, and um, our first album is the is the you know the culmination of of those influences and us trying to find our song. Yeah. Have you ever been compared to bands with similar influences? Is it flattering, or is it kind of like, no, we're doing our own thing. We'd rather not be compared. To me, it's flattering. And people have done both. They've compared us to to other bands, and then they have the same people that have pointed out that we sung like um some other band, or they can see the influence of that band on us. They can they also say that um oh wow you guys are different in such and such a way. Like um I constantly hear people saying um. They never thought that it could be done for for those jazz to to meld together. Yeah. Yeah, because when I think of like you know people think oh reggae and punk babbers, but no, when you mix reggae and metal, when I think of of bands like Dub War or Skindred, you know guys like yeah. that. Yeah. Almost ever ever get compared to them. Yeah, yeah, yes. Um, yeah, Skindred. Specifically, um, nobody, because the um, if you listen to the rest of Skindred songs, they they have like a a punk vibe more, no? Yeah, I remember hearing about Benji hated compares to Bad Brain because of like we saw nothing like them and stuff, which is technically yeah, and that's the closest thing they could compare him to, right? True, <laughs> and the thing about yeah. it is the big difference is like bands like Skindred. They're more rooted in dance hall, I noticed. Like the rhythms are like more raga, more dance hall stuff. You know, it's not like mm-hmm. reggae shit. That's what I noticed a while mm-hmm. back. But yeah. you know. Okay, so okay, so where have you so you guys play worldwide, so I know like um one was at Wacken open as Wacken open air, right? Yes, yes, we played at Wacken. The 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 metal battle. Um every year um, Wacken has a metal competition. Um, part of it was held in um, Central America. So they go, so for our area, they go between, so one year they would do Central America, and then the second year from our region they would do the Caribbean. And one year, the year they did, 2017 was for Central America, and yeah, we won that competition in Guatemala City against um, other Central American countries. So we played at Wacken. That shit was amazing. Um, it was, um, you know, we're we're all we're all nervous. We're all fucking cold. We're all um, <laughs> a tons of things, you know. But it was amazing to to be there and to walk around and see. 
um, all the bands that um that you look up to, you know. We we felt more like fans than um than um the guys that came to rock the show, you know. I think that's important when you still have that passion, energy, that nervousness. That means you still give a shit, you know. Yeah, yeah. I hear you. And then on to, on top of on top of that being there, um, so out of all the times that Central America has been to Wacken, um, we Virgil Vumbra has placed the highest out of the 27 countries that participate in Wacken. So we um, we placed six out of our 27 countries around the world for for the Wacken Metal Battle. You dig? Nice. Which is um yeah, significant. <laughs> so, what's it like? You know, going country from country to country. It's like, what's the reaction like? You know. Uh, the um uh, reaction is. People really like seeing the um the the genres put together cohesively. Like we always get that reaction. You know. You know, I've always been intrigued by when people mold, you know, when people fuse genres and they get it right, you know, because cause I, I don't think about, like, okay, I grew up during the 90s and 2000s, mm -hmm. and, you know, you had the whole new metal thing, right? Which, to yeah, me, yeah. it was a good primer for stuff, you know, like, mm. you know, when you're that age and still discovering stuff and get, like, all these different genres. and Yeah, it yeah, together, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, but some of the stuff, it didn't age as well because, you know, it's almost like, you get into a little harder and harder stuff, you know, at a certain time. And mm -hmm. I guess I get kind of curious, though. It's like, okay, what is, okay, when it comes to, like, fusing all those genres, like, what is, what makes something, okay, what what hits your ear right, you know? Because I'm not going to, you don't have to mention bands and all that, but you ever kind of notice certain bands, they do the reggae rock thing, and it's almost like, why did you guys do that? There's nothing reggae mm -hmm. about you guys. I can tell. That kind of thing, right? Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. it's like, what is like, okay, when it comes to it, it's like, what is like the ideal mix though? It's like, what is something people should look out for if they ever try to attempt this? You know, well, I think it, I think it should um, come natural. You know what I mean? Like, um, in in when we started putting together the the music, uh, there were times that it felt where it was contrived, like, like we're pushing it too hard to, to try to find, to try to, to you know, meld the, the genres together. But, you know, um, we ha we've had instances where, okay, we felt that it was um, contrived and those instances got ditched and the ones that felt more natural, that those were the ones that we, I felt, you know, that we kept. Pretty cool, actually, you know, because I was thinking that, like, you know, because I always kind of felt like, like, for example, the rap metal thing, right? I always kind of felt like, do not rap unless you were a rapper, not because you couldn't sing, if that makes any sense or not. Say that again. Do not rap unless unless you are a rap, unless you are a rapper. Unless you're a rapper, you know. If you mm, know mm, like, mm. I've heard certain guys, I feel like, let me guess, this guy 
it's only rapping because it doesn't know what to sing actually right it, does, it doesn't feel like they have an official like hip-hop background like they didn't grow up on the stuff oh i get you i get you yeah like yeah, that already kind of like like it doesn't feel right like like mm. my favorite one of my favorite fusions of it is like remember the judgment night soundtrack what what <laughs> that was yeah, the yeah. perfect example yeah my shit that my shit that yeah. was the perfect example of it. I mean, when he had like yo, you know what, you know what? I, sorry to sorry to cut you off, man, but you got um, you put goosebumps on my um, on my on my arms just now with the Judgment Night soundtrack. So, so um, <laughs> so I remember um, seeing um, the the video for Onyx and Biohazard. Remember that? Yes. What? What? <laughs> That's my shit. That's my shit. Um, slam by Hazard Style. What? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're bringing back memories, man. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but Judgment Night soundtrack, definitely. That's a, see, uh, that's a huge influence, definitely. Oh, yeah. Because it was like, those guys exactly were doing their thing, you know, like, they mm. compromised and everything because they had a mutual you know, appreciation and respect for each other and everything, right? Mm -hmm. And it just made sense. Like, Onyx basically to me was like, okay, I'm going to think of New York Hardcore. Yeah, Onyx basically to me was like New York Hardcore without the live band behind what? it. What? Yeah, yeah, So, there you go. And like, mm -hmm. um, I remember Booyah Tribe was, um, you know, have Faith No More backing them up and everything. Yep, yep, and it was, yep. Because mm -hmm. it was like that good 50-50, you know? Because mm -hmm. I feel like when a lot of rappers, when rock or metal isn't their thing and they try to attempt it though it feels kind of mm. weird like i feel like yeah. okay this is not your wheelhouse but also feel like the rock guys feel like okay let me try to you know stay hip and try to rap but i'm like i don't mm. think they even listen to then... hammer growing up so you can tell <laughs> you know yeah so i feel like you know it's kind of like it's be like a 50 50 or at least 25 25 25 depends Either way, it has to be like perfect. It can't even be fifty-one forty-nine, or else it's going to tell. I get you. I get yeah. you. Mm -hmm. All right, so yeah. I was, you know, I hate to bring up a broken code, but I was kind of curious. What was that band, you know, accepted more though in said scene? Say that again. Sorry. I hate to bring up old news, but think about a broken code, right? I was curious because seeing some of the stuff was definitely like a strong hip hop influence, right? So I was wondering where was mm. it accepted and embraced more, basically, my hardcore scenes, metal scenes, or rap scenes? Where were we embraced more? Yeah. Um, I remember us playing um, one of the competitions for, it was at, um, oh, jeez, man, um, at the in the basement in Webster Hall. Um, I remember us playing as a broken code. Um, Matthew Morgan was there. Um, yeah, so I could say, um, let's see. The scene would have been. Hmm, actually, I could I, I I could probably say that um, we were just trying to. Um, play as many shows as possible and get into whatever scene that would accept us as possible. So so I, I remember um, going through the Village Voice and seeing, looking at the back of it to see um, all the bands that were playing 
at specific locations and trying to find bands that were similar to us and see how we could um you know get in get in the slot so it it wasn't about scenes it was just pretty much about booking as many gigs at as many spots as possible same thing with my band you know like the thing about it is like it was diverse enough where it just fit though right you know where it's almost like if you're in the metal basically you know we play some shows and metal bands really cool guys most of the time you know or punk bands or whatever a lot of rappers like this you know and a lot of r&b guys were kind of like it felt like it's something he wanted to do but couldn't figure out how to because they didn't have a guitar player that was that wasn't afraid of the distortion pedal you know what i'm saying so kind of similar story like i remember like you know i remember like um this one incident where it was kind of funny where this one promoter said you guys are great we just don't want to put you i'm like how about on stage you know? right right exactly did you have those kind of moments though yeah yes 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 um i remember um i remember asking to play at pianos i remember actually going in to speak to the guy to play at pianos and no that didn't happen and i remember us eventually getting to play at pianos to to somebody that knew somebody that knew somebody <laughs> yeah they, um what must be pointed out though is that um these guys want people that have a following and yeah you know they they want so as great as you may be playing as talented as you may be um it's just going to depend on how far you've built a following really oh yeah and that's the crazy thing trying to figure out like how does one acquire a following or it's kind of weird like there'll be bands basically where I feel like okay i understand they have a following but you go to a show there's almost like nobody there you know mm. and you start to ask yeah. questions and then they get kind of weird around you yeah and this was in the time of like uh myspace right you could say that you know around mm. there and also like a yeah. little later for me actually it was like okay okay like, like myspace but also reverb nation other stuff like that mm. technically mm. youtube you know too okay yeah yeah uh it it, it um it, may, it this type of stuff reminds me of what i need to do because um um, you just you just sparked a, a, the same fire I had burning like you just added coal to it because um, what I know that I need to do is just start dishing out as much material as much quality material as possible um, and eventually it brings its own people I've seen this happen I'm telling you um, like you, you have the talent but you need to start dishing as much quality material as possible as fast as possible and this is just the age we are living in that's it's, that's just it so that's what I'm concentrating on to just build a catalog uh, and you've heard I don't remember the name of the movie if you build it they will come <laughs> yeah 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 um, yeah yeah so yeah, yeah I can't remember the name of the movie right now mm. um Shit, it's, I can't remember right now. <laughs> it's going to be crazy because I can actually see it right now. 
Yeah. Um, yeah, I remember being pissed off, man, because I felt like we were putting in so much work. But um, the fact is that um, we need we needed to build a catalog. Um, you can't be out there just having a half an album or you know an album and expect um everybody to come out to see you. You need to put in a shitload of work. Like you need to have five albums out there minimum, uh, and you know um, consistency. It's just the consistency, and that's what um that's like the holy grail. It it, it eludes us. <laughs> consistency eludes us. So. My aim, you know, is to just have a catalog, to 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 a point of, to a point where um, it's semi undeniable. Okay, these guys are these guys are here to stay, so let's let's book them. You know, they have a following. You know, true. Yeah. You know, like I think, you know, looking back at it, but I kind of feel like maybe it was timing, right? You know, it was one of those things where I admit my band, we tend to take time with writing and stuff, you know? Yeah. And, yeah. you know, take time with writing and stuff like that. And sometimes we might doubt ourselves because we forget how good we are and everything. And mm-hmm. other stuff comes in the way and everything. But that mm-hmm. kind of brings to another question. So what's your creative process? Yeah, I realize... um. It's it's slow, and I realize that um, what's that called? Um, metacognition, um, learning about how you learn, watching yourself and how you operate, stepping away from stepping away from yourself and looking at yourself and t- to see how you operate and how to f- um, fix things that you're you're lacking in. And me, I, I'm definitely a slow writer, but what I've noticed is that I write multiple songs at a time, where um, like one day I could concentrate on a song and write like like six lines, and I'm satisfied with that. And then the next day, I go go back and look at that that song, and uh, I'm not feeling that song anymore. And I go to another song, and I hear some something on the news that, or I hear somebody say something that that inspires me to put something on a on a particular song. So um. It's slow, but um, I've noticed that I'm I'm writing multiple songs at a time, you know. Oh yeah, I can actually see that, you know. Like, mm. all right, so do you write lyrics or do you have a do you have a say or input compositional compositionally too? Yeah, I have a say. Um, the guys, uh, the the instrumentalists have allowed me to have a say. <laughs> Um, especially when when it comes to my particular parts, um, um, the rap parts, because um, because when it comes to those parts, you're speaking about um, the dynamics of the sound, where um, to hear my words, um, the guitar is on the same type of frequency as my voice. So, and you can hear it in um, hip hop, in in rap metal songs where the guitar actually um, does a like a staccato type of thing, or it doesn't play as frequent as a as on the chorus. So my input would be to like guys, um, um, you know, it's my verse, and people need to hear what I'm saying. So be creative as you want, but within this box. <laughs> yeah, so like it doesn't crowd, so make it 
bars. Yeah, it doesn't like, crowd. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. That makes sense, you know. Mm. Uh, that's yeah. one other thing, too. I've been trying to figure out, like, because the funny thing about it is when I'm, because I was trying to figure out how to write more rap metal stuff, you know, just because I like to dabble in different genres and subgenres and everything. In fact, it was mm-hmm. one year I tried to tackle every genre compositionally, you know, like I decided wow. to do some R&B stuff, did some metal stuff, did some mm-hmm. rap stuff, um, you know, just did a little bit, did some reggae stuff. Because when I was mm-hmm. younger, I used to make like, I used to try to, I used to make dance all beats. I, f- I feel weird trying to oh, say, shit. Re- I, I feel weird yeah. trying to say rhythms and stuff, you know, because I feel like. I'm going to fuck the pronunciation <laughs> up, and out of sheer respect, I'm not going to do it. You know, I guess we're going with your beats and everything, right? And because mm. I was like really into like guys like Steve Linky and I guy to create Diwali Rhythm and stuff like that. So I was mm-hmm. really into that when I was younger. So also, I loved dub reggae too, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. So King Toby and so, yeah. Yes. Yo, yeah, 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 that shit there. Yeah, I love that too. I want to be Lee, I wanted to be Lee Scotch Perry so bad when I was a kid. <laughs> <laughs> you know, shoot. Uh, or, or Sly, or Sly, you know? Yes. So Black Uhuru, yeah. What? You yeah. Know, like Sly and Robbie, too. Like, I love yeah. dub reggae. In fact, when I started mixing mm-hmm. stuff, one of my biggest influences, yeah. I want to make stuff sound like dub reggae, actually, you know? Didn't matter mm-hmm. the genre, yeah. just make sure that the bass is deep and the guitars are panned mm-hmm. just right. Add a little delay mm-hmm. and stuff. Yeah. You know? I hear you, man. You have to go for it. You have to go for it. Oh yeah, shoot! I remember like um on the EP my band put out is a song called Treacherous Dub and everything, right? So that's like a straight mm-hmm. up dub track, like an instrumental thing, you know. So that's what I was doing with that and stuff, mm-hmm. you know. So uh, what what but you got a good response from it? You know what? I was actually, you know, one thing I really regret and everything. I wish I added an extra guitar part, you know, for some reason mm-hmm. I don't know why I didn't add like another guitar part to kind of fill out when I was doing the guitar solo and stuff I should have added like mm-hmm. an extra guitar part just for like the rhythms like just to fill it out <laughs> aside from that you know what it came out great I really enjoyed it you know yeah. so it's published and everything like it's on um, yeah. it's on um, Spotify and whatnot. Yeah. yep Spotify Bandcamp something called Deezer I never heard of actually right um, yeah. Apple Music as well I put it up like earlier this year but due to COVID I kind of feel yes. like I'm not gonna push an album right now when people are trying to figure out when their um when rent money's coming. It just feels kind of weird to do that, you know what I mean? Yeah, I see. Like it's out there, but it's like if you stumble across it, cool. But right now I wouldn't want to do like the major push anyway. You know? Yeah. But I remember like some yeah. of the, I remember some of the videos for Verge of Umbra. I thought they were pretty cool. Like, um you know that one I forgot was the one, but it was like this really it really looked like almost like a kung fu movie actually. It was done right. Okay, that this the, the meditation. The meditation, that was the one. Yeah. I really dug that actually, you know. Did you have any kind of creative input direction wise? Yeah, yeah, um the the pretty much me I shoot the video for it. Um Yeah, that's a that was shot on a Canon um T3i with a um uh, 50 millimeter, um, the nifty 50 lens, you know. <laughs> I'm gonna look that up actually, you know. Yeah. That's one cool thing right now about videos are right the way stuff shot. Like, I've seen great stuff shot on an iPhone and stuff, awesome stuff mm-hmm. on a you know DSLR. 
So that yeah. was on a Yo, the only way that you can tell the difference between um, footage if if you can see it side by side, like if you saw uh, uh, a scene shot with an iPhone and the same scene shot with a, a Red Epic or a A7S III, um, you would be able to tell the difference. But if you just saw the iPhone footage shot well, you, you would appreciate it, you know? Oh, yeah. You know, that's one of the cool things right now. We're in this place in space where I kind of feel like that you can literally create something, you know, you can just go to like Best Buy or B&H or whatever, right? Whatever store, right? And get like, yeah. you know, a camera that's like maybe like three, four hundred, five hundred dollars right? And shoot like this, mm-hmm. these amazing videos and also a great lens too. And yeah, I kind of feel like we're at a place in space right now where creator and consumer is just throwing up like a middle finger or a victory sign or whatever you want to call it though to yep, definite to hollywood you know definite and i i really look forward to that because i'm seeing like you know like okay billy eilish right you know she literally mm-hmm. had a grammy for an album she recorded in her in her bedroom with her brother also wicked wicked exactly you know i'm seeing cosplayers you know rival like like you know legit you know costume designers on movies and stuff yeah, yeah. And sick man. Exactly. Like I love this era and it's almost like I just kinda of feel like, you know, even like it's kinda of funny, like, you know, there was this one a lot of DJs are feeling the pinch right now about you know, feeling the pinch right now about like, you know, a broadcast, social media and everything, right? Because the funny thing about mm-hmm. it is we're in this place in space right now where, you know, kinda of like a funkadelic said, America eats its young. The industry ate itself. Mm-hmm. What I'm seeing, the industry ate itself. Pretty much, you know. I mean, mm-hmm. it's almost like they were the gatekeepers, right? Where they play stuff that, you know, instead of playing this right, like back in the like '60s, '70s, you know, '50s, a DJ would mm-hmm. just bring a stack of records in and play yep. whatever, right? So now mm-hmm. you have a playlist, and all those the playlists are so they're so corrupt, like all these labels and everything. And it's kind of weird because mm. now we're this place where you just put an album up or anything, right? So it's almost like, so why do you need to go, you know, you don't have to go to radio anymore. You don't have to do all this stuff anymore. Just yep. put it up on yep. there, you know? And it yeah, depends man. on how hard yep. to push it, though. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Agreed, man. Um, It's a cycle. I see it as a cycle where you have the, the pro stuff and you have the consumer stuff. And if eventually, uh, as time passes, that pro stuff will be consumer stuff. Um, Like all the features that we had back in the day on high-end cameras, you can find now in your your phone. Yeah, I Uh, noticed that. Yeah. Yeah. So um, it's when that happens, it's when um, you get... In fact, it it doesn't even have to happen that way. People will find ways to be creative. You know, necessity is the mother of inventions, uh, and and people will do what they need to do to uh, and use what they have to to be creative. You dig? I, I'm completely for that. Exactly. You know. So mm-hmm. since you since you mentioned you're getting into directing and filmmaking and whatnot, you know. So, who are your influences there? You know, for um, for for filmmaking. Yeah, for filmmaking wow. or shooting oh. videos, stuff like that. 
Wow. Um, let's see. That's a that's a good question. Um, actually, at this point in time, I I'm just more really into the 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 the, the tech part of it, where um, I'm uh, I'm learning about um the ISO f stop and um and um actually sorry, I'm learning about the technical stuff is a is is a bit you know uh, I'm over that now. Now I'm at the point where um, like I'm realizing that all that tech stuff and gadgets are nice, but in the end it's about telling a story on video. I'm at that phase where um, I'm finding I'm I'm reading and watching YouTube videos about the the whole story arc, you know, about um you know you you're familiar with it. A little bit, you know, like for example, I, you know, I learned about writing a pilot, and they said the best pilot for a TV show, or whatever. They always say like mm. the pilot for the best pilot for a TV show is you basically tell the ending in the beginning, and the ending is a new beginning. Hmm. Mm, mm, mm. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Where where your character comes full circle. You know? Exactly like that. You know. The main person I could see, like everybody. Um, I've watched a couple. Um videos about um you know telling stories and and I've, I'm watching these actors that we respect a lot and everybody's going off about oh they just want to be they just want to do anything even if they're not doing much they want to just be in a Quentin Tarantino film so I'm ju uh, I'm figuring that out <laughs> I'm noticing you know what I mean I'm noticing that too actually you know I was like that's a name I've been hearing about for years, actually, from Reservoir Dogs yeah. to, like, Django. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's like, yeah. you know, I'll put it this way. He's one of those guys where, you know, it's, it's very fascinating. He's, he's even a very polarizing figure. You know, mm. you either love him or you hate him, I notice. You know? Mm. Yeah. One thing I about you. him, you know, that's what I noticed about him. Like, like um, because I remember Reservoir Dogs, and I always kind of dug that scene, basically, where... He knew how to play. He knows how to play with the mind. Mm -hmm. Like you never see him cut the guy's ear off and everything, right? You never see that scene, uh, right? But mm -hmm. it's in the theater of the mind and shit, so you know what happened. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's a, yeah, telling a story, man. Telling a story. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, about to wrap it up right now. So, is there anything else okay. you wanted to check out? Or anything? Um, thanks for the opportunity. No know. problem. And um, I want to encourage everybody listening if you go check out the band, of course, Verge of Umbra. Mm -hmm. Um, build currently building a catalog. We got um two studio albums, one live album, and we're working on the third. So look out for that, please. Um, vergeofumbra.com nice mm -hmm. alright great thanks great chatting with you alright alright enjoy the rest of your night man. you Respect. too peace yeah. hey that was Jingle Valley check out Virgil Umber on Apple Music Spotify YouTube and feel free to share the show with a friend actually feel free to evangelize spread the wealth anyway till next time peace